We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Joe Connolly, along with producer Neil A. Caruso, and today you will hear from nobody better, I think, to hear from about the next 6 to 12 months in New York City than Kathy Wilde, the CEO of the Partnership for New York Business Organization. And it just strikes me, Catherine, to begin, if you would answer it this way, if you choose, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are we in the recovery from the pandemic crisis, do you think? When it comes to the health side of the crisis, uh, we're a tenth. We've done better than any other state in terms of uh, reducing and going from being the epicenter of the virus to um, containing it. And so on the healthcare side, we've done a great job. And that is, to be fair, where city and state government have been focused. When it comes to the economic recovery side, we're probably still just a three or a four. That is a slow process. And those two factors are obviously balanced because we stayed closed longer to protect the health and to stop the spread. And as a result, we're in a deeper hole than other places. What do you see as being the significant markers and hoped for goalposts in the next three to four months, between now and the end of the year? Well, we've just announced we're going to reopen indoor restaurants at 25% capacity on September 30th. And that certainly, in terms of symbolically for what New York and its neighborhoods depend on, uh, the the restaurant uh, culture in this city is very important. So that's a positive sign. The fact that our major industries of finance, media, technology, professional services ran throughout the pandemic seamlessly because they were able to operate remotely. That's really the core of our economy and tax base. And so long-term, that's very important. The, uh, the biggest issue, the biggest challenge in the next three or four months is obviously the impact on local neighborhood retail and small business, where we have 240,000 small businesses in the city. They have laid off or, uh, or fired, had to fire, uh, over 500,000, over half a million people. And those are people that tend to be in low-wage jobs. They're in neighborhoods. Uh, Many are immigrants, uh, minorities who don't have technology skills to work remotely. That's where the real challenge of the next few months is going to be and where we're really concerned about how we're going to try and revive that entire small business sector across the five boroughs of the city. And before we get to Neil with some questions about some of the lessons that are being learned, I've read reports that half the city's restaurants might 
closed permanently. I see other studies that say, well, maybe only 5,000 of the 24,000. I hear that some businesses will start to bring people back. I hear that many will not bring anywhere near their old numbers back. What do you see on the impact of closures and lost jobs, Kathy? Right now, I think the the fact is that employers and business owners are in a state of great uncertainty because it's there there's there's uncertainty about the nature of when the health crisis uh, will be uh, resolved. Will we have a vaccine? So there's a, a lot of uncertainty at this moment. So it's difficult to say we have surveyed business regularly. We surveyed in, at the end of May asking uh, Manhattan employers, when are your folks going to come back to the office? And at the end of May, they were saying, well, by the end of the year, 40% of our people will be back. We surveyed them again the first two weeks in August, and that number had dropped from 40% to only 26% of office employees will be back by the end of the year. And when we ask them why that is, uh, the number one reason is just uncertainty about recurrence of the COVID and the fact that it's cropped up in other places and, you know, come back, recurred. So that's number one. Number two is insecurity about the transit system. 83% of the workers that commute into Manhattan offices are dependent on mass transit. Uh, I think the MTA has convinced people that they're clean and disinfected, and they've done a great job on that. And just yesterday, they announced that they're going to find people who don't wear their masks. But there's still a lot of uncertainty about going into a crowded, enclosed car or bus, uh, train car or bus, with, um, with our fellow New Yorkers, because we're just not sure the office buildings, I think, are considered very safe. They've got protocols in place. They're uh, having shifts of employees come in, so it's not crowded. You can keep social distance. So I think that there's a, a real dichotomy here between large businesses and office buildings and sort of the rest of our New York infrastructure, the hospitality and other sectors, the restaurant sector, obviously, food services, local brick-and-mortar retail, all those things we value so much that make our neighborhoods so great that New Yorkers love to patronize. Um, that's, what, uh, that's where the real challenge is. Neil? Kathy, I'm going to ask you on that point where you talk about transportation and infrastructure. I know that's a big focus of the partnership. And this budget hole that they talk about it has certainly has had to have an impact on on your goals what is the effect as people probably feel uncomfortable about traveling on mass transportation we work very hard to support the MTA's request for 3.9 billion in the uh, second federal cares act the stimulus act and they got that uh that funding from the federal government it's already gone they now ha are asking for another 3.9 billion it looks like we're stuck in political deadlock in washington for a change that um that it seems like we're going to have to wait uh for a while probably till after the presidential election till we till we have a resolution on aid for the states and cities and the transit system that's a very scary proposition because the office workers, the city will not come back to life, uh, and this is all five boroughs, 
until trust in mass transit is restored, and that's going to take continued funding. So it's a it's kind of a catch twenty two situation. They've lost revenues, uh, substantial revenues that's created a crisis. They can't make the improvements they need unless they have the budget, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So transit is a top priority issue with everybody in New York City, and we've got to make the case that. Our, metro, our, our MTA region, New York and the surrounding region, represents about 9% of the national economy. Uh, this, is a, this is an American issue, fixing our transit system. It's not, uh, it's not just a parochial New York City issue. Right. Our transportation system is intertwined with the local economy. And I want to ask you now about this letter that the Partnership for New York City sent out in the last week, uh, addressed to the mayor, uh, copying Governor Cuomo and the city council speaker and city comptroller, um, signed by executives from all these large companies, Citigroup, MasterCard, NASDAQ, among them, Goldman Sachs. You're calling for the city to restore essential services and improve the quality of life in the city. Uh, what is the demand? What is your request in, in cleaning up the city, and how will that improve uh, or, you know, affect the local economic recovery? What are, what are you calling for? Essentially, the concern is coming from people who are being asked to come back to work and who are uncertain about uh, the conditions in the city. As I mentioned, the conditions on the transit system, will mass policies be enforced? Uh, the situation with regard to, uh, to crime and uh, are the police really at full force and uh, and working uh, at the levels that we've come to expect over the last 20 years? Um, are the uh, are we seeing uh, a drop off, which uh, we've got cuts announced uh, in the sanitation department? Are we going to have uh, kind of pileups of garbage, uh, graffiti? Uh, illegal vendors, which are which are happening across the five boroughs, all these dynamics. I mean, this summer we went through, we had more fireworks 24-7 with no enforcement of the anti-firework laws, um, waking people up all night. Mm-hmm. Those are quality of life issues that, again, as people, as we try and restore the confidence of people in the city and their trust in our transit system and in our health care system and that we can come back to work safely and the school systems will be safe. There's a huge lack of confidence, huge loss of trust. And so there are a lot of symbolic things, very important, but symbolic things that are sending bad signals, reinforcing anxiety and concern about the city, creating a negative feel. So what we're really calling for is say, this isn't a matter of spending money. It's a matter of raising more money. This is a matter of figuring out what are our priorities? What are the messages we're going to send? How are we going to use our combined public and private sector expertise to effectively manage these challenges and get through this period? We're going to be, as a city, we're going to be in financial trouble, fiscal trouble, for the next few years. Our tax base and our economy has shrunk. We've lost a million jobs in the last six months. So there's no magic here. We need federal help. We're going to need to figure out how to do things uh, more efficiently and effectively. 
we're going to have to defer some of the big cost items that we want to uh, that we had planned to push during an era of prosperity. Everybody's going to have to make sacrifices. Then we're going to have to raise new revenues across the board. So we've got a lot of fiscal challenges we're going to have to deal with. But first, we have to have people on one page feeling that the city is coming back. We're not going back to the bad old 70s. And from the business community standpoint, we believe that's the first step to economic recovery because that's the feedback we're getting. As I mentioned before, the uncertainty of people not wanting to go back to the office, not wanting to go back to the workplace, that uncertainty is fed by these quality of life signs of deterioration. And we've got to fix that. Obviously, a big part of that is also empty storefronts on the neighborhood commercial strips, uh, which uh, encourages crime, encourages looting, uh, creates all sorts of other problems. So these are all interlinked issues. But again, we've all got to get on a positive message about how we're going to manage the resources we have in terms of city services. And that's really the call to the mayor because it's felt like everything the city was doing was sort of reacting to today's crisis as opposed to sitting down and making a strategic plan for what are the priorities and how are we going to move forward. Kathy, what are one or two examples of successful adaptations and innovations that have caught your eye that you think other businesses can emulate? Well, the most important has been the ability of those businesses that could to transfer to marketing and service delivery online. Uh, When we've talked to the local borough chambers of commerce about what businesses are in the worst trouble, it's those that did not have a technology online side to their business, didn't have a good web presence, couldn't adapt. Those that have adapted well were those businesses uh, restaurants and others that were able to have continuity in reaching their markets, getting their products out. Um, so that's that's one lesson, certainly. And then number two is the number of catering firms, restaurants, and others, many of the nonprofit cultural institutions that have filled gaps by creatively either moving, in the case of the museums, et cetera, moving their programming online, uh, even the moving nonprofits have been moving, um, have moved services online. This whole emergence of telehealth, whether it's mental health counseling or meeting a doctor and not having to go to a doctor's office during the peak of the COVID, that whole, New York had not been a fast adopter of so-called telemedicine where you know you've got where your doctor's appointment is largely take, can take place online that's changed a lot and that's been very positive and people actually now are appreciating that and hopefully we'll have a much uh, more comprehensive accessible healthcare system going forward because of the acceptance now that we can in fact uh, have online counseling online medical uh, advice and uh, diagnosis, et cetera. So I think those are, those are some positives. So you do not see the move online as being 
as much of a jobs killer as many people saw that as being a few years ago. Is that right? Well, it is the jobs of the future. Our fastest growing sector in New York City is the technology sector. That's where the jobs are created. We still have 200,000 job postings that are primarily tech-qualified uh, jobs uh, that are available even with a 20% unemployment rate in New York City. We've, we've got um, an opportunity. We have, we have a We've been slow on the skills training side in terms of making sure that everybody in whether it's high school or college that that we're producing people with the technical credentials for those jobs. That's been a challenge, and that's got to be a big focus going forward. Um, but the jobs uh, the jobs are moving into the technology area. Online is uh, certainly e-commerce is replacing brick-and-mortar retail to a large extent, and even brick-and-mortar establishments all have to be successful. They have to have an online presence. So all of that, that transition has been accelerated dramatically by the COVID. What was going to happen over 10 years has happened in a matter of three or four months. That, so we have to catch up in terms of our education, in terms of our technology broadband infrastructure, we've got catching up to do. But uh, I'm 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 very positive that we can do that. That's a that's a doable thing. And New York has been investing in the development of our innovation economy for the last 20 years. We've got great universities here. Uh, public and private that are at the forefront of thinking about the next generation of technology and business and jobs. So, um, and the training programs associated with that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Jamie Dimon announced, uh, the head of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase announced a big new effort to uh, train New Yorkers for the jobs of the future, for technology right. jobs. Mm -hmm. So I'm very enthusiastic about our ability to catch up there. Where, where I worry is that New York has been politically very divided. We've, uh, during an era of prosperity, which we were in until six months ago, for the last decade, we've had a real era of prosperity. We've gotten spoiled. We think that government can solve all our problems. That's not going to happen in the current environment and the environment going forward for the next few years. Uh, we're going to have to step up from the private sector, nonprofit, philanthropic sector. We're all going to have to participate in solving these problems. Neil, one more question? Yeah, I just have a couple of quick industry questions for you. One positive and then one how can people, what lessons can people learn? So first one is uh, I noticed in your COVID-19 recovery report that healthcare, professional services, and finance are the sectors that are poised to lead in the recovery. What are the encouraging signs from them? that they were able to install the infrastructure very quickly to operate remotely, even the trading floors of the stock exchange and of the banks, et cetera, were operating remotely from home or wherever their employees were located. So they, during a time of great uh, economic loss and job loss, basically they were seamless and, um, and their people kept working. Uh, in fact, their, um, 
their activities, they said they became more productive. So I think that's, that's why they're positioned to lead recovery because they, they have maintained business continuity and, in fact, grown their businesses throughout the process. And then on the flip side, the industries most affected by the pandemic, namely hospitality and food services, have they come up with any innovative solutions? Well, the easy example is outdoor dining that started in July where restaurants opened at curbside. But that was, um, you know, these are low margin businesses to start with. And if you say, well, they get they can maintain 25% of their previous business or less. Uh, that's very, that's very difficult. You can't socially distance in most restaurant kitchens. Uh, so you're talking about losses that mean their businesses are running in the red. Most of these small businesses don't have more than a few months of cash on hand they got some support from the federal loan programs and some forgiveness of those loans, but those were only structured to last three months and, right. and the COVID has been going on for six months. So we're going to, we're in a, in the food service area, hospitality, we're going to see hotels close um, that, that will not be able to come back. There are, there are serious issues there. And, um, there are a lot of, you know, we've had a moratorium on, uh, businesses having to pay their rent. They couldn't be evicted, but that's going to be over. And then there's going to be that the rent is not being forgiven. They're, they're going to have a big nut to pay. That's over. And most of the businesses that give such character to our neighborhoods and communities are, are low-margin businesses. And that ties into exactly my last question, Kathy. Some companies and many individuals say that for New York to recover, rents are going to have to come down. Do you believe that is so? Yes, I would agree with that statement. I think that costs are going to have to come down. Rents are going to have to come down as part of that part of that whole affordability issue, the analysis Oliver Wyman did for us on the housing affordability issue suggested that we're, you know, our, our affordable housing deficit is going to go up by another 140,000 units to like 700,000 New York families won't be able to afford to live in New York housing. Um, and commercial rents, the same thing. Uh, that's the number one request for assistance from small businesses help us figure out how to pay our rent or negotiate down our rent. And that's something as a city we're going to have to deal with. This was a crisis that we were facing for the last couple of years before the COVID because of the inflated values and because of the very high real estate taxes in New York, which get passed along to tenants. A third of the rent in regulated uh, residential housing, a third of your rent is just to pay real estate taxes. So this is an issue that we have to get a hold of. We've got to get a hold of construction costs, which are also extraordinarily high in New York. And again, during an era of prosperity that just got passed along, those who got who couldn't afford it got pushed out and somebody else was standing online waiting to, the, to come in and rent the apartment or rent the store. This is a different era. Costs are going to have to come down. 
You've been listening to Kathy Weil, the Chief Executive Officer of the Partnership for New York. And Kathy, thank you for all that you are doing to help save jobs and save the character of the city's neighborhoods as well. Thank you. Well, thank you for helping to tell the story of New York, Joe and Neil. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Kathy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.